¿Qué onda, primos y primas? And welcome to my primos podcast. My name is Freddy. And with me tonight, as always, is my primo and yours, El Siete, El Chikume. Say what's up, Chikume. Hello, everybody. Um, so today we decided to kind of, you know, say fuck it, do something different. Um, usually I'm, what, what was I saying earlier? Oh, I'm God. the you metido. Already, you already messed up. You already messed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you, you want me to started. do? just started. All right, all right, all right. But first, guys, Walter is going to run the show. Yeah. That's the big surprise here. He's going to run the show today. He's going to do things his way. I'm just here to you know pat the brakes. And uh, we have some special guests with us tonight, which he'll get right into. This is the, the Walter episode. He molded it. He, he constructed it. He engineered it. Right now, it's just a Ziploc full of mud. So. You know, I don't know, you know if you guys know this, but Walter, <laughs> Walter sometimes, very subtly, mentions mm-hmm. that he's an engineer. He doesn't really bring it up every other episode or i don't i mean he's very subtle about it but he wanted to have an episode where he focuses on representation in engineering as well as the struggles or lack thereof that we think the misconceptions just different ideals that come with that title and everything with it but his spin on it you know in my Walter Malcriado style, you know his way of doing things uh so walter i'm gonna let you take the steering wheel man here you go my mind just went blank, actually. But anyways, <laughs> I'll, I'll let um, Amanda introduce herself. Um, I don't say a little bit about yourself and what you do, what you about, all that. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, Amanda Fornelli. I'm from Los Angeles, born and raised here. Um, known Walter and Mikey a pretty long time. Uh, we went to engineering school together. And uh, I'm still based out of LA, but now I'm working on a few things. So thanks for having me on. Awesome. And Mikey. So you guys might remember Mikey from, if you're a, a faithful listener to this show, because I didn't even know we were on for that long, to be honest with you. Mikey was on with yeah. us twice now. I think he's the, I think you may be beating Hector Rodriguez or El Muerto for being the most consecutive, mo- the most episodes on the yeah, show. Yeah, all right. I think, but Mikey, welcome back, dude. Well, say what's up to everybody. You know, give everybody a short little, uh, you know, burst of who you are and what you do and why we're here. What's up, everyone? My name is Michael Reyes. Um, a lot of people call me Mikey. Um, what I do is uh, I'm a project manager for a family business, uh, Reyes Electrical Contractor. <laughs> Um, also studied engineering at Cal Poly Pomona with uh, Walter here and Amanda and several other friends that we share. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, graduated 2013. Uh, done a lot of things since. Still hoping to do a lot more. And cool. yeah, cool, here cool, too. Cool. Go ahead, Walter, Continue. man. Oh. Let's, let's, let's see what yeah. what your what uh, the audience is missing from this. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Anyways, like I said, like I, like I said initially, I just wanted to, you know, have a bunch of engineers have like a, a conversation between friends about to begin with just engineering and how you got you got there, uh, what supports you had, what lack of support you had, um, and what you what you're up to now. <clears throat> but first, we'll 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 go ahead and uh, address the pachyderm in the room, the fucking election, right? Okay. <laughs> Like, I just, like, I figured that by the time we did this, I, I mean, se me fue la onda that the presidential elections were going on. And I figured, that by, I, I figured that by this time we would know, and we just found out, right? Yeah, so, after this recording, we just found out that yeah, Biden yeah. is the president-elect. 
and he's doing right. it yeah. right now. He's speaking right now. Yep. Yep. That is, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless. I, I'll let you guys talk because I'm kind of. Spe- I was like, I honestly thought Trump was gonna win. To be honest, like I, I was yeah, kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the first night I thought he had it. You know, based on the electoral votes, but things started to change pretty quickly over the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to say, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, but personally, I'm happy that guy's out. So, yeah, progress. I would say. I agree with you because that night. My wife refused to watch. She's like, you know what? I'm not going to put myself <laughs> through that. The first time it happened, she was she couldn't sleep. That first night when he got when he actually won, she couldn't sleep. It was a nightmare. I mean, we've been living that for four years. And yeah. it, I don't know, I'll, I'll put the question out to everybody out here. Doesn't this solidify with how they pushed and pushed to keep counting this vote? Solidify that every vote counts. Yeah, well, not just the votes, but, you know, the past four years, if you've been watching CNN and all these channels, like, you know, they, it, it's, it hasn't just been the votes that, that got to this point. It's a culmination of all these things that have transpired that made people want to vote and make, you know, make that change that, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch for something like so drastic to happen. I don't would you would you would you think I was thinking like. As much shit as Trump is talking that is that the election is, I mean, you know, like they stole the election. It feels like this is, it feels like, I mean, not that there ever was a, a, a fair election, but this, this feels like the most fair election ever to me. Like they even had cameras, like watching people count. And like, I don't think it's going to get any more fair than this, like for a while. This is the biggest voter turnout in, in history from what I've heard. So ridiculous, ridiculous, it's a ridiculous especially, you know, with Latinos. But um, even if they were to do a recount, the margin is just it's not anywhere close to what Trump would need. Even if they recounted and send a few votes his way, he still doesn't have a chance of winning. It's just a waste and, of time. Yeah. And that, that's the one thing that the los noticieros were talking about, that how I mean, you know, the whole la población entera, you know, you're like, okay, they do a recount. Y de repente, diez mil bo- no, it's like they're talking about that. When you do a recount, the most you can get is a couple of hundred more votes, you know, within. It's, it's pretty damn accurate. He's, like he's clinging, to- he's clinging to to the office because he needs a distraction to get shit done that we don't need to know about. Did you guys know that American Airlines, while this is going on, said, fuck social distancing. We're going to fill up all our flights up again. Like no. while this is going on, well, they've been doing it. No, they've no. been doing it. But they're yeah. like straight up, like, "Hey, whatever. We're we're doing shit while this is happening under this guy." So my thinking is, Trump's like, "I'm gonna sensationalize this as much as I can, so I can get other shit done." That's what it feels like. I don't know. They're just they're tirando patada de ahogado. Yeah, to me, it feels like like you know, like I don't. At this point, Trump is very. I mean, if he's been very unpredictable as it is, now imagine what's going to happen now. Like, <clears throat> I don't know what this. I mean, at the same time, I think that the Republican Democrat are kind of like a poner bozal, you know, like they're going to kind of hold them back. But this motherfucker is going to do some crazy shit, which I hope he does. Something. <laughs> <good. laughs> what, you, what, what more can he do? What more? Aliens. Like that. Well, this part was predictable, how he would act, how he would um, respond to all this. This was predictable. We knew he was going to go out kicking and crying. He's not willing to concede. So this is going to drag out, and there's going to be a lot of wasted time and energy. 
just to get to the same conclusion that we're already in. A one term. Oh, Trump was a, is a one term president, man. Does that mean he can come That's back? Rare. He can come back. Yeah, very he rare. Can. Very he rare. can, but some people are saying they think it's going to be his son that'll that'll run in twenty twenty four. Well, I've been hearing I've been hearing this the Tucker Tucker Carlson is kind of like they're 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 looking at him to where the QAnon and all those people are going to attach themselves to him because if you think about it, Tucker Carlson has the same qualifications as Trump, you know, to be a president. Like, you think about it. So what? Him, um, Kanye, Trump Jr. Who else? Because it seems like yeah. it's getting to the wackiness of twenty twenty four. Realistically speaking, you know, Bernie's not coming back. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. I don't think so. That train, unfortunately, isn't gonna gonna ride. Elizabeth Warren may not come back either, which I was a, I was her supporter. And she may have she may have like something in the cabinet. I feel, but not necessarily oh, yeah. run for president again. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Camilla Harris does have the path yeah, to, yep. to be the the next one. And AOC and AOC and AOC may be coming in. I'll be yeah. down if she comes out running for fucking president. I think she may come in as pulled in and, and running with somebody i would love to see two women is in she, power That'd be isn't dope. she too young how old do you have to be 30 35 35 right 35 i i don't know her age but yeah, yeah. but as soon as she's, she's of age she might go for yeah, it pretty she's pretty mm-hmm. young so <sighs> but alas um we'll, we'll see what happens man like we still she's got 31 what, so by yeah, the time yeah. by the she's time already, 2024 oh, wow. happens yeah. from what i remember 2024 yeah, happens. That's good timing. That's 35 that's years old. She yep. can she can run. But hey, yep. but yeah, Camilla Harris is probably next in yep. line because even Biden, I think I heard him say that he's he needed to step in to set up for the next generation for the next one. Like I don't think he's gonna run two terms if because this four years is gonna be all playing catch up, cleaning up all this mess, trying to make something else happen. And, and the courts are packed, so the court they packed the courts with their own not with their nominees, so that's going to be a lifetime. Yeah, um, I don't know. Many there's years, there's many, many years, years of uh, of pain and hurt and shit that has to get done that we're gonna get through. And like I said, thankfully we're here though. Like I said last episode, you know your vote matters. You have to not only now, locally. Don't forget you have local yep. elections that happen all the time. There's going to be runoffs because of this. You know, there's stuff that needs to still have you involved. Don't think that I'm going to vote once every four years. No, man, there's shit happening all the time in town. How your schools yeah. are ran, how your city budget is going, you for your fucking police department, all that stuff, it happens year-round. So remember, guys, primos, primas, register to vote. Do it now. Just do it now. Do it now you know, and do it. You know what's mind-blowing is the number of first-time voters. I yeah. know a lot of a lot of people personally that voted for the first time in a presidential election in their entire lifetime. So this is different. This was different for a lot of people. And, 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 not, never and, and, and not because they weren't eligible before, right? It's right. Just, it's they just, just didn't um, feel it was needed. But or they, they, they didn't feel their vote counted or really made a difference. Uh, that That's so one theory from the last election, right? People were saying, oh, I'm not going to vote my protest. Like, okay, you protested and here's what happened. And thank, we heard you loud and clear. We need you to vote. Right. Yeah. But there was something yeah. that I remember watching. I don't know if it was a program or just a, something I read, but it was where they said that they go through so much trouble to voter suppress you. They go to every single thing to stop you from voting. If you think your vote doesn't matter, why would they spend time, money and energy to stop? you? Exactly. From yep. Exactly. And I do want to bring up something that 
it's unprecedented. The fact that a woman of color just made it to VP. I mean, yeah, that, that's amazing. That, that and, is, and Asian, Asian, of both uh, African American and a African American. Yeah. Worth her that. Her yeah, she's black and Indian. Yeah, she's black and Indian. So this is huge. This so is huge for women. This is huge for women of color. I mean, this is really uh, groundbreaking stuff. I mean, she's shattering the the glass ceiling, and she's not. I mean, but it does, but it does, it does feel like she's, it does feel like she's gonna be, she's gonna be a uh, Dick Cheney to Bush, you know, like it is, like the one that's gonna be running the show. Amen. <laughs> in the back, really. So that's great. Biden needed to step in and be the, uh, um, a memorable face for those that voted for Obama. That someone that we saw has time in government, and someone that was almost the polar opposite of Trump. Like, th- there is a lot of reasons why a lot of people don't want to vote for him because of his past and his different indiscretions, and everybody has their own beliefs, right? You're allowed to be a Republican and and believe something else, be a libertarian, be whatever. You're allowed to do whatever you want. This is a freedom that we have, right? But the big news here was let's get the fucking Trump out of office, and that's what we did. So everybody that voted... Congratulations, and you didn't vote. Shame on you. Still, shame on you. Um, but yeah, because there's people that I know that didn't vote. They're like, eh, is it too late to register? And it's a week of voting. It's like, how yeah, does, it is. How does, how, does, how does the Electoral College work? Like, I mean, if somebody knows, say it. But I, 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 I've, you know, like, I mean, to, to make it short for you and just simple, what it means is that certain elected officials are the ones that actually look over all the votes that come in from all the counties and all the different. Uh, you know, districts, and then they'll make the decision based upon that going, you know what? All my constituents and everybody combined here want want Trump, right? And so then they go and they put in, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give my one of my seats to Trump out of those from that population. It's based on population, by the way, okay? So the census yeah. matters. Don't forget that, guys. Census did matter. If you didn't do it, again, shame on you. So population... <laughs> the census huh shit yeah, yeah. but depending you on the population the crazy, go ahead go ahead Amanda. the crazy thing about the electoral college is when it was first implemented it was implemented to avoid situations where the mass population <laughs> would elect someone like trump yep. and the electoral college is what brought him in so a lot of people want to abolish it um it's, it's i don't know yeah, I mean, there there's so many pros and cons to both, but this, this is definitely a hot topic. I right mean, now. I have heard, too, that the Electoral College was also there because Slavery. The, back, back in the day. No, but on, not only that, but uh, the populace was less educated, not because they were dumb in some cases, maybe, but um, access to information wasn't as readily available, right? Education, just distances, right? Uh, they're they're saying that that was I mean, kind of part dress of the it up how you want, right? I, I'm with you. Like they dressed it up. Oh, it's for the benefit of those that don't have the ability to go and inform themselves. But now, but no, now, no. You know, no. You know I want to bring up something because this is an interesting stat. But there was a huge increase in uh, Latino vol- uh, voters, especially male voters, for Trump and yep. this is not about what's right or wrong. But I want to analyze like why is that happening? What what is the what is the reason why older Latino males are going for Trump? You know, and I've heard a lot of different theories, but I'd love to hear religion. from, from you I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you something. Religion, religion. Yeah, religion but... is part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Personally. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have family members, too, that feel like they had to go on that side because of religion and because, you know, mainly those factors. The ones that yeah. I have... 
let me let me let me uh-huh. ask you all this. I mean, because I know Stanley, you know, he's uh I don't want to say religious. How how would you even no, say I you believe, believe in God? Um, I'm Christian. God, right? Christian. Uh Mikey as well as Christian. Amanda, are you Christian? I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Okay. So I mean I grew up Catholic too, but I don't abide by 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 the Bible. Uh <laughs> anybody. But how do you feel like um the the fact that the to me it feels that the Republican Party not that it ever did but how how can it come back and ever say family values you know what I mean no like, it's the it, twisting of the word right like yeah. anything else you give somebody yeah, anything written it's the way that they take the word and twist uh, yeah, it yeah not not that not that religion inherently and family values right but uh, they always attach themselves to Christianity the Bible. So much so that then people will, against their own, you know, como se dice, against their own uh, benefit, or they'll go, oh, I have to vote for him. And one issue voters. Abortion, one issue voters. That's a big, big thing for people. So that can be one reason. There's also, you know, I've heard heard different theories about why that is. And one could be classism, the desire to be accepted by white America. Not only and that, because like it is always, it is mm-hmm. though, think about it. Everything, at least our, the generation before ours was raised on Rambo and, and, you know, and, you know, Reagan, the Reagan era was the big emphasis. You know, when that came in, you want to be like eighties America, right? That's what it was. And so when you have older Latino males in their fifties, looking back and going, I know the name Donald Trump, that means wealth. Hey, I got a check for $1,200 from Trump, not the government, but from Trump because he put his name on it. And so they look at it as, remember that? And so then they go, you know what? Trump is going to give me another check. Trump is someone that means I can, like you said, I can belong to this group of upper middle class because there is no more middle class, guys. There's the there's us at the bottom and then there's the upper, upper, upper echelon, right? So as if they can vote for this group, wear the MAGA hat, oh, the, my boss is going to like me more. Maybe give me a raise because I, I we connect now. There's a, there's a connection between us, but there isn't. You're being stepped on to get above. That's the problem. They don't mm-hmm. understand. You know, I read that in in Miami, the Cuban the Cuban uh, you know communities there were voting because they were the fear of socialism and the fear of right. of this type of, of of government. And it's like the a ridiculous f- fear of socialism because Biden and and Kamala Harris, they're not socialists. Like they're not socialists. No, yeah, they, they're afraid of they're afraid of anything leaning that direction because it's generational trauma. Look at their their history of their of their country, of their ancestors. So they're gonna swing the opposite way. I mean, Nicaragua, Mikey, are, are you sure? You know, you guys are going yeah, to do the same thing. So my family is the same thing. Like with the Cubans, um, you know, because of the socialism and the what they call the left. You know, the leftism. And, and I was talking to my little brother about this the other day. I was telling him, like, you know, I think that I feel like they equate the leftism over there to the leftism here, which is not the same. Mm-hmm. But I get it, though. Like, the idea of what a president in those countries like Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba, as a socialist president, what they do to, to get people is they give people money, right? They go to poor neighborhoods and they give them food. They give them all this crap. Just to keep them happy, and they stay in power. Yep. 
right? So that's the whole idea. Like they literally do that. Like that's what happens here. And the and the, and the, and the fucked up part that, is that, that idea here is the same thing as yeah. this is the way they see it. No, they, but the fucked up the fucked up part free, free education, free healthcare, and as long as you elect me. So that same idea is is what they believe is happening on 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 yeah. this side, but. You know, I think that's what it is. I and think there's, of, and I've been trying to listen and figure out like, why is this going on. You know, because I'm, I'm questioning it too, and that's the talk that we have, you know, in our family. But what's yeah. the fucked up thing, Walter? Yeah, Walter. Oh no, I'm just saying. Like the fucked up thing is that the left here is non-intervention in 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 Central America and South America, right? While on the other hand, like. Not being of the left means going fucking andando de metidos, but money no longer foot, not no no longer feet boots on the ground, right? They don't do that in in the in our backyard as they as they call us, right? They call us the backyard of uh, of America, but um, uh, non-intervention is the best we can hope for for the countries where we originate from, you know, and that and that is the left. Unfortunately, it's not like they're out there promoting left here you know? or left over there. No, like uh, the stance. If if a country, if we have a leftist uh, government here, right. the best thing you could hope for in El Salvador, Nicaragua, Central America, y el resto is a non-interventionist uh, kind of uh, point of view or, or, or action. On the other hand, when you have the uh, conservative people. Or, or Republican parties, they're very interventionist. Like they will go in there and uh, like they just did with uh, Bolivia, right? They right. they they did a coup and they uh, sacaron al presidente socialista, which was the first indigenous president to begin with, and they kicked him out. Some say because of lithium, right, and 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 um, Musk and all that stuff. And then they did the, the they 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 did the elections again. And a, a, a socialist party won again, you know. So that that's like, a, but that's just kind of like an observation, you know. Kind of feels like. But talking about left and right, one thing that is clear from the last four years is that it's the country is so divisive in that there's only two sides. There's left and there's far left and far right. There's no more in between. Those lines have been smeared. You can't be center left, center right anymore because once you're associated with one party. The, there's yeah. a there's an assumption about who you are and what you believe. Everything, and everything. there's nothing in the middle anymore, and that that's right. it's it's a polarization of this country that's, that's extremely problematic. But the thing though, it's I agree with you. Problem. the The problem is as the cancel culture, yeah, right? True. The cancel culture yeah. is is hurting everything here because, like, um, I'll give you an example. Me, eight years ago, ten years ago, at that time, my view skewed middle because I was like I was very Republican when it came to my money. Don't tell me what to do with my money. Don't tell me what to do with my business. And then, but socially speaking, I was left. I was like, I woman's right to choose, uh, you know, uh, every type of immigration reform, like all about healthcare. Like I'm, I'm, I was able to live that line and there were plenty of people that lived in that line with me because you could be that guy and go, Hey, I have Republican views or right views when it comes to economics and structure and, you know, our involvement in different, you know, countries. I, I mean, I have an opinion and we can have a fair discussion, I can have a good friend and be and be civil. That's 10 years ago. 
Here we are well, now. You think, States, you think the United States will ever get to a like a more par- parliament parliamentarian government type where there needs to be have, another party? Uh, the two party system. Oh, yeah, yeah. there needs yeah, to be like a rising Mexico, third party. Yeah, because yeah, you have a propor- you, you get whatever pro- the proportion of uh, representation in the government is whatever proportion of you know, votes you got. You know, there's two seats right? held by libertarians in the in the Senate. Like there's like they exist. There, there's enough people <laughs> that want it. So I'm limited. Telling you, they're, 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 they're yeah. The problem oh. is. Like I heard an interview today when Obama was asking when he was rerunning, he's like, "Hey, what did I do wrong?" He and one guy told him, "You became the the head of your party, not the head of the country." Like that's the problem. Like these guys end up being, "I'm here for my party, not for the country." That's what Trump did. Trump may even said, "I'm here just for the Republican title." Like not even the people that believed in him are taken care of. The reality, they're not. Forget the left, forget blue, forget everybody. It was all greed. It was all him. And we talked about it before on the show. Where even your your brother said, if he was a racist, he would have cared about his own people. He's not even he's a whole new low that doesn't even care about his own people. Because I know plenty of in Texas, poor white people that are sitting there going, "What the fuck?" And I voted for Trump. Yep. Yep. Here we are, huh? Paul, I thought it was an engineer talk. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be like so engineering. <laughs> We have other things to say uh, too. You there's know. more than that, right? You're more, you're, it's so, you're more than building bridges man. and building robots. It's you know? social engineering. So that which is which is one of the topics that I kind of wanted to touch on. That, that how um, I don't know because you think about you think about scientists and engineers and doctors and all these uh all these uh Hold on, the, but now the, we're, we're gonna believe science again, guys. Are you excited for that? Mm-hmm. We're gonna believe yeah. science again. It's- oh yeah, <laughs> we'll get me started on that. But yeah, kind of like like touching on 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 that same thing, like um, kind of how uh, we're not one dimensional. That's one thing that we typically I, I've observed that people just see you. Oh, you're an engineer, and it's like if they kind of assume that it's it consumes their whole life, you know, like and it's not. It it doesn't. It doesn't like um. That's one thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Like, I'm engineer by profession, but then I do podcasting with my cousin, and I do gardening. <laughs> I, I grow it. I grow my own emojis um, and all that other stuff. Well, so kind of like, you know, if you get to the root of it, like, what what is an engineer? They're they're creators. They yeah. under they deconstruct problem things. Problem. They point, understand how they work. So. Uh, it's, I think it's, it makes sense that all of us here are interested in doing more, right? Taking that that creativity elsewhere. Let me I ask you it, a question, Amanda. So let me ask you then. I'm a creator. I'm of a creative mind, right? But I And I respect when I understand a little more than maybe the, the, the common person that goes, oh, an engineer just does science and math. That's kind of like the they lump you into one little category. What made mm-hmm. you even look at this as something you wanted to do? I mean, everybody starts off with, I want to be a baker. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be the president. Doctor, but like, nurse, what, what led you down this line? But also talk about what lets you do other things. Like, but what led you down here? Like, what was it about? Well, what's your field first of all, and then mm-hmm. what led you there, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you a breakdown. So, I grew up in Lincoln Heights. Um, it's a few miles north of downtown LA. And, um, you know, predominantly Latino community. I grew up going to Catholic school. I went to an all girls high school with 80 girls in my class, tiny. So 
the opportunity, I mean, my school was super underfunded. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of access to opportunity. And typically when you left that high school, you were encouraged to, a lot of the girls were encouraged to study a lot of the soft skills. Yeah. yeah, go, yeah. Or, or go, maybe go be a, go be a nurse. Say, say that again. Say that. Can you say that again? I've never heard that soft, soft what? Soft skills. Like, um, you know, I'm not going for any, uh, you know, the hard skills like science or, mm. or, or math or anything. They're, they're suggesting maybe uh, liberal I'm such arts, a, I'm such a man. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. They did this in your high school, Amanda? Yeah, like that was the common that well, that was just where everyone was directed. You know, you talk to co the college counselor, and that's what they suggested. But luckily, I was fortunate enough to have a chemistry uh, chemistry teacher who, at the time, noticed that I was good at math and science, and so she she tapped me on the shoulder. She's like, "Hey, there's an engineering um, summer school or summer camp." at Loyola Marymount University and I think you should go. And I was like, well, what's engineering? I was 15 years old, like, I don't know what that is. So that's where it really all started. And I dedicated two summers in high school to going to engineering camps and I fell in love with it. I, I That's when I was first exposed and I was so lucky that I was exposed because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be here. And, and exposure is the number one thing, especially when you're young and when you're a minority exposure. So, you know, um, that kind of kicked off my career. I, uh, you know, just like Mikey and Walter, I went to Cal Poly Pomona, studied civil engineering, graduated 2012. And I, I worked um, as an engineer at the gas company for a few years after. And right away I knew I said, I, I knew I felt that I needed to do something more. I really liked engineering, um, but I, uh, I wanted to venture out. And a lot of people told me that getting an MBA was a really great, um, a great way to complement your technical skills. So I went for that. Um, so I was fortunate enough to go to USC and I did that for two years, completed my MBA. And um, that's when I decided to tra uh, transition into the renewable energy industry where I wanted to work on more mission-driven projects. Um, and we can talk about that uh, yeah, if you want, yeah. but uh, basically I wanted to work on renewable energy projects. I wanted to work on something that was going to help uh, move our planet forward. So I did that for a while. Um, was that, was that, in, was that in direct contrast to the gas? The company? Yes. Yeah. So I, I used to work in gas and then I went to, I, I got my MBA and during that process, I decided I wanted to use business school as a way to transition into the re renewable energy mm -hmm. field. So I was using your powers oh. for good. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I worked for a solar developer for uh, two years. I was developing large-scale solar farms in the Midwest, and that was really cool. I, I you know, I feel like I had a great impact what there. What was it that caught you? Then go, you know what? Was it just the more the more and more things were brought to the attention of the public that were like, this is a fucking problem. Like, what what made you just flip? The the dire need to do something about climate change. I mean, I'd been aware of it, but. Um, as I got older, I, I, I really started to understand what the impacts were and I knew I had to do something about it. And I asked myself, if I'm spending 40 to 60 hours a week on something, I want it to be something that, that is something that's giving back, something that's going to be for, for the better. And I knew I had to change. So renewable energy, I think is, is the future. Um, so that's where I dedicated my time. But, and this could be a completely separate topic, but the re renewable energy industry can be quite volatile. It's very dependent yes. on a lot of policies, yes. which 
which is why, um, unfortunately, I was part of a, a pretty massive layoff at my company. And so that was uh, that was the catalyst to what I'm doing now, which is pretty much I decided to go self-employed. I, I consult in the energy industry on the side. I also um, run a real estate investment company, and um, I also own an ATM, an independent ATM business where we install and operate ATMs for local LA businesses. So that's where I am today. Wow, I mean it's a. And what else do you do? You sell something else though. Uh, no, I just do stuff on the on the side for fun, you know. <laughs> but yeah, what I want to ask you is this right like me like me hearing that and i go wow that's a cool damn yeah that's a like that's a really cool like story of like following that like the the back of the box of your movie like oh cool like i get that but my question before we move on to mikey's um kind of tale as well is but what was it at 15 years old that you saw at those camps and went fuck this is what i want to do i you know i i loved the hands-on part and I played sports my whole life. So I was super competitive as a kid growing up. And I, knowing that I was the only girl in the room with all the boys, and I was like, oh, I could do this. It just drew, drove my confidence up. It, it made me more competitive. But really, at the root of it, I enjoyed learning about engineering. I had fun with it. It was super hands-on. Cal Poly was super hands-on. So for that for me was um, just so rewarding. I, I it's just a feeling. It's hard to explain. I don't know. I got you. I mean, if, if the, rest, the other guys can explain. No, it. no, no, definitely. I mean, well, and I, I will, there'll be follow up after this. But thank you. I just wanted to, you know, kind of get that out of you because I'm curious as to as to what really motivated you to keep going because it's not an easy path you had for any of you guys, right? Uh, Mike, please tell me, like, what about you, man? Like, give us your synopsis and kind of, hey, this is where how I did it, where I went, and just kind of. We'll go from there. So um, I, I grew up here in L.A., born and raised, um, family from Nicaragua. Dad started his own business, uh, I think, three years before I was born. So electrical has basically been in my blood, you know, since I was born. Um, no, but didn't your dad also, he was, uh, or, or was he your uncle? My dad was also an electrical engineer back in Nicaragua. Oh, cool. Studied electro electromechanical engineering is his degree mm-hmm. back in Nicaragua. So he came to the United States back in '84. I think he worked for somebody else for two years, got his contractor license, and you know his been doing fuck it. Help, You know, for since then, for thirty what thirty four years now. Wow. So. I mean, I, I went to high school. Education was always a big push in our in our household. School was like the number one priority. Uh, like you have to go to school. My mom went to school for architecture also um, back in Nicaragua. And um, so, as you can imagine, like pressure. Yeah, good no old excuse. Mike. Good old Mikey just wanted to hang out with his friends at school, you know, and 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 would come home and be like, "Why didn't you do your homework?" and <laughs> that, was, that was the story until I graduated high school, you know, but so, so I did well enough because I don't know. I, I really enjoyed school. I guess I enjoy, I did, I always did really well in math and English and history and science, but you know, I wasn't really one to do my homework all the time. So, but, but I made it happen. You know, I was that, that student that would get A's in on my exams, but I wouldn't do my homework. So, you know, that doesn't really, that doesn't give you so an So you're age. telling me I could have been an engineer because I would then do my homework. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> I, I, okay, can I, can I ask, I mean, I just, 
something just popped up in my head from when in, back in in the high school days. Um, uh -huh. I do remember this though, that I'm not saying that high school was easy for me, but it was easy for you. It, no, no, no. It's kind of <laughs> like no, no, no. It's not not that at all. Not that at all. Sino que it's kind of sad though because I would. I don't know, write an essay, write an essay, do my homework. He's like, oh, my God, like, he's doing so, oh, Walter, you're doing so well. It's like, I'm doing the bare minimum, bitch. Like, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you know, like, like when, when, like, there's so little motivation within our communities for students to excel that when there's a student that does decent, they're like, oh, shit, you know, I remember the teacher, oh, Walter, you should go take AP history. You should go take AP this. You can also get, I didn't even pass the AP exams, though, but um, still, you know, like a little badge of honor, right? But I don't know if that's something that you came across. Like, like, did you ever feel that way? It's like, oh, I wasn't even trying. And not because you weren't, not because you were smart. It's just, you just, you just tried. It feels yeah, like I would just, yeah, exactly. Same thing. Um. You know, I would get called out by my teachers. Oh, Mike's the only one who got the perfect score in the class. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? You really? I was like, yeah. they're like, stand up, Mike. And I'm like, I am standing up. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that drove me was, I mean, I was always a good student and I liked it, but I was afraid of my mom. She would have kicked yeah. my ass if I didn't get those straight A's. And I did really well in school. And I just thought to myself, like, well, isn't this just the expectation? Doesn't everyone just do this? Doesn't everyone yeah. do their homework? Because... If you don't, you get in trouble. Like, I don't get it, right? So for me, it was just an expectation. And my mom was on me. My mom was on me. And, you know, if if I got a bad grade or if I wrote something incorrectly, she would rip it up and make me redo it. So she was on my ass, for sure. I think it depends, right? Like, I, there's always the, like, in my scenario, it was, there was an emphasis in school. But my parents were more like, just fucking graduate high school. Like just whatever, like <laughs> like just get out of high school. Like just get out of high school. Like like there is no All college right. fund. There is nothing there for you. Like if you can get there on your own, great. Uh, you know, awesome. Uh, there's good vocational schools for you. Like that's kind of what they always roll me towards. Um, which 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 is which is not bad. You, know, you can make you can make like, you can make tons of cash yeah. and be very yeah, happy during a vocation. Yeah, well, but you know my vocation was film school because I, I looked at it as a, it's a vocation mom you know like it's it's a vocation i want to be an auto engineer or do a film editor I, I went to film school for that like, that's what i wanted to do but the emphasis on on our side or depending where it is it's not necessarily lack of of emphasis from home i think everybody wants your kid to, to be something they all want to push especially latinos you know coming from where they came from what they deal with every day. They want their kids to have a better life than they did. So I think we can all kind of agree on that. The emphasis wasn't a lack thereof of home. But I think what Walter's <coughs> saying is like the expectations of, of Latinos maybe, or at least in his experience, very, the bar is very, 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 very low. low. So very low. when you tried, Mike, you excelled in their level. But yeah. mom and dad are like, what the fuck? Like, you're not doing good enough. And then college comes yeah. around and what happens? Yeah. So, so I got into Cal Poly, uh, and um, I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to become an engineer. I knew that my dad was an engineer, but I honestly, even finishing high school, I didn't even know what engineering was, to be honest. Like, I never had that um, that what exposure did you want to, do? to. This is engineering. I mean, did you like science? Did you believe I in science? science? I, was really, I was really good at math, and I was good at, and I, and I, and I was like, Don't get defensive, science. Walter. Damn, come down. He eventually became <laughs> one. I promise he does. The story has a happy like, ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mike, like, what yeah. was the plan before engineering? 
go to college and figure uh, it out? Well, yeah, basically, like I got into Cal Poly as a liberal studies major. Um, so okay. I took a couple. I wanted to become a teacher, and so then yeah, like professor, <laughs> professor Reyes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so then I told my parents and I was like, Hey, I kind of, uh, I think I want to become a teacher. And they were like, no, you can't. <laughs> Why not? That's what Damn. I want. And Damn. they were like, no, you, you would have been a great teacher. <laughs> you're going to find something that is going to, you know, you're going to be set. And I was like, okay, fuck. What do I do now? So then I was like, um, you know, I think I want to get, I want to become a psychologist. And they were like, no, you can't. You look like a psychologist. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, you're about to hit. So I want to wait for the last one where you say you want to become a singer because you're going to hit the trifecta. Like, think about it. You you want to be a teacher, education. No, 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 no. You don't make any money in that. Oh, you know what? I want to be a psychologist. No, no, no. Latinos don't do psychology or, 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 yeah, or psychiatry. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to perform. No, 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 no. You, you, you don't got that. You need to make something that's solid. So, what ended up what was the the push like what was that push well i mean so finally like i was already in school for a year a year and a half and i was like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give engineering a shot i don't know what it is i'm gonna take the intro course and if i like it then i'm gonna stick to it so i took it and i liked it i liked it and i excelled in it and i just i just you know stayed on it you hardly and tried and you just got it came easy no, I studied like one hour no no which is which is uh which is uh I mean, I'm just trying to make our observations to let people know, like, which is another little hiccup or step that you kind of come across when you, when you go from barely trying and that being enough and then being tossed into college where it's like, what? Like, I need to do, you know, like, yeah. I wasn't prepared for that shit, you know? It was, it was, that was very difficult for me, too. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I don't even remember studying in high school, like. Mm-hmm. more than for more than like a night you know what i mean or or so i really learned how to study in college I, like i learned the yeah. hard way you know i learned by by you know failing a couple times so where, where are you now then then mike so college you grad you 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 dig electrical engineering what is that field what does that mean like you just are you an electrician but what is electrical so, engineering like what does that I mean do you, license, do you ride also. the lightning do you literally touch electricity <laughs> oh yeah uh, so electrical engineering has different branches that you can go into um one being like the microprocessors you know the technologies the green chips that you see that's a microprocessor so there's the like the fabrication and design of that that's like one branch then there's power systems which is you know, the distribution of power to, you know, for cities from, you know, substations like or like oh, Edison, okay, that okay. Homes. you know, that's another branch. And then there's um, there's the biomedical field also. And then there's mm, yeah. like electromechanical. So there's a lot to it. It's not just electricity. Yeah. yeah. So once you choose your major, then you have to kind of choose your emphasis. Like, sure. you know, just like in civil, sure. there's structural and, and transportation yeah. and geo. Um, there's there's all those different branches in electrical as well so but the reason why i chose electrical engineering and power is because of my, my dad's company which is electrical contractor um and so finishing school i jumped basically jumped right into the field of project management within the company um since 2013 and you haven't yeah, turned I mean, the place down yet right you're good you're not yet. And you love it, right? 
Yeah, so I mean, we we we've had continuous growth since 2013. Um, you know, we're 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 the goal is really to scale the company into something bigger, something better, something that um, can keep employing people. Um, How many employees do you guys have? Right now, we have about 40 employees, 40 core employees. Huh? No. You do mostly commercial, right? Yeah, commercial uh, and industrial, public. So work. you were able to take. You know, from your, I mean, honestly, I think the motivation, right? You look at it, your parents motivated you in a different way, and they motivated Amanda. It's similar, right? Because, like, hey, you better get shit right. But Walter will chime in here in a second, too, because I'm just trying to kind of wrap my head around it. It got you where you needed to go. You don't regret it. You you like what you're doing. You love it. You are in a field that takes care of you and your family. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you would you would say that right now you, engineering is cool. You're in a good spot. Right, you're happy, you're doing well, and and you're also branching out doing other things, right? What else are you doing? Um, I'm also, I mean, I, growing up as a, you know, in in a in a household where the company is the thing, the business is the thing. Like you gotta, I grew up with that business mindset, you know, of like, how can you what what makes things profitable? So I've always um, I've always had that curiosity about different businesses and what. And how you can monetize things not not for money i'm not i'm not a materialistic person so that's not my drive my you're drive. not you're not you're not pinching pennies like um you know yeah well i don't you're know squeezing but, pennies i mean i think he's it? pinching yeah, it to get shit done but more <laughs> so you're not chasing that dollar you're trying to just yeah. prove you can do something i just like to make things work yeah yep. like uh look at something and say hey well, how can I make this work? And and if I try it, how can I make it more efficient or more effective? You know, like. But is that also in the school of your 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 engineering or you guys? You know, isn't that kind of what you guys do? Because me, being yeah, like, and Walter, you'll, you'll show your moment in a moment. But like me, like big bird's eye view is like engineers help get shit done. That's kind of what how I've always said. So they can guide you to get things done. That's kind of what engineers do. Bird's eye problem view. solving, yeah. Yeah, problem solving. Problem solving. So this is yep. the same thing that I do at work. Is I'm a project manager, so I I do I, you know problems come in by the dozens every day, and I'm just like trying to figure out okay, how can I delegate this to work, or how can I fix this problem, or diffuse situations. And I feel like that's what you learn in school. You know, it's like you have a problem in front of you, and you say, okay, what do I need to do to solve this problem? Do I need to talk to this person, or can I find it on Google? Or, or, you know, how, how do I figure it out? That's awesome. So, I mean, you're taught those tools through your education, through your experiences, right? You know, Amanda, you have your different fields working within the gas company, which you know how they work. Then you jump to the other side of it. Okay, that's how they do it. Let's do this better. You know, isn't that how that works? Yeah, absolutely. It's constantly building on what on your experience and what you've learned and applying it to the next thing, right? Whether it's in your personal life or your career. I mean, it's constantly just problem solving and everything. Walter, you give us. I will say that I will. Well, I will say this though. I will say this. That's related to that same topic. That um, you know, started working in the industry and everything, and you know, you come across people that don't even know how to put a strap to a you know ratchet or like very common sense, which to me seems like common sense. And then people say, "Well, yeah, you're an engineer." It's like, hell no, my dad raised me. So <laughs> don't forget that. Don't forget that. You know, you, our parents know, como mi papá dice, no creo una vaquechada. Um, so it also has to do with your upbringing 
and sort of like uh, grit. You know, they kind of impart that grit, like do it, get it done. What about you, then? What about you, you know? Walter? Because I mean, what was the plan? You didn't grow up going, fuck, I really want to be an engineer. Like, what made you go that route? You see, you see what had happened was <clears throat> I pretty much grew up watching and loving Noah Science Now. That's where I kind of trace it at. Like I would, that's I was obsessed with PBS and just watching Noah Science yeah. Now all the time. Um, and I went from there. I did pretty good in college. I mean, in high school with my you know sciences um, and and on writing, I did pretty good. I was just go off on diatribes, but um, I did pretty good in that. And then once I graduated, once I graduated from from high school, my dad just told me like, "Want to go to school or not?" So yes, okay. What do you want to do? So then I was like, okay, I like science. I believe in science, but then this is where I'll kind of admit to something right now. Um, watching Dora Science now, I wanted to be a fucking theoretical physicist. That was my dream, but then you kind of um, <clears throat> it felt like I was already shooting for the for the stars. You know, it's like nah. That's, you know, then I started looking into physics. Well, you did, you did a physics minor, right? Yeah. Uh, I I, well, I, I, no, I, yeah, I, I failed my way through, through no, astrophysics minor. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, and the thing, no, and the thing was just that I either, I, I had to stay another, almost another year to wait for a class that was going to pop up so that I can get my minor. I was like, you know, I mean, I had fun figuring out, you know, celestial mechanics and whatever. So, um, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a theoretical physicist, you know, but then you kind of start finding out about, oh shit, like if I want to, like Mikey was saying, oh, something practical where I can make money. Shit, I have to go get a PhD to go make decent money as a physicist. And it's like, the fuck, we're looking where I come from. So then all that starts clicking in your head and then outsourcing shit. That's the thing now. Um, so then I thought, okay, engineering. Okay, what's the least outsourceable engineering? Civil engineering. Let's go. <laughs> so I just I just went with civil engineering. So good choice, I'm happy, by the way. Good yeah, choice. I'm, 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 <laughs> and Amanda, if you wouldn't like, I don't know if you ever get this question. You tell them, oh, what are you do? What are electrical engineer, computer, like the other engineers, it's in it's it's in the name, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, what you do, but then civil engineering, you tell them, it's like, yes, okay. Like, yes, it's con eso. Everything, 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 everything. Yeah, and I get that no, question yeah. a lot. Yeah. I get that question a lot. And I, I basically, what I say is like, well, walk outside, look around, everything. Yeah. It's the infrastructure that you live in is designed and built by engineers. Yeah. Civil, no, shit doesn't flood. Yep. My shit son, when he was like four years old, I remember one time I told him, he's like, oh, you know, do you know what an engineer? I said, you know, your uncle is an engineer. He's like, well, okay, cool. He's like four. And I go, yeah, you know, do you know what an engineer is? He goes, yeah, he's the guy that drives the train and blows the whistle. Like, that's <laughs> the engineer. And he's like, well, yeah. he's right. He's right. But, and that's my question kind of dives into this. Like, you guys are answering it. Like, there's a lot more to it. You just can't lump you guys into one thing. Oh, they're engineers. Okay. They talk a whole other language. Yeah, that's like anything, right? You put a bunch of guys together. All they do is work on cars. They're going to know a whole other language that yeah. you're going to know. That's just the, the norm. Any industry, okay? Yeah. It's not a secret society either, everybody, okay? It's obtainable. It is. It okay, is, look it at is. Walter. He just <laughs> fumbled into it, you know? And yeah. Mikey didn't even try. He's not looking at him now. You know, he's set. So, trust me, you guys can do it too. But my question is this. 
when you looked at this and you're in your positions right now, right? If someone told you you have an unlimited budget, what is in your specific field the dream fucking project? You're like, oh shit, yes, this one right here. This is the reason why I became an engineer. This is the one that's gonna put me in the history books or the one that I would die happy that I did. What is that for your industry and in your field? Let's start with let's do Amanda. Amanda, let's start with you. Oh, that's hard. That's really hard. Um, I don't know. There's still a lot of breakthroughs that need to happen in the energy industry, especially to make, to create a sustainable future. I don't have an exact project, but there are so many things out there right now, especially in the renewables field that need a lot of investment to make, to make, um, you know, meaningful progress towards renewable energy and to make us a, a carbon neutral planet. So I don't have a specific project or technology in mind, but you know, you think of, of storage, battery storage, that's going to be instrumental in, in our energy industry moving forward, especially as it relates to like solar and wind. So ba batteries, batteries with large capacity, long duration, those need to be um, those need to, to, to grow quickly in the next few years to get us to, to our renewable energy goals. You know, for so me, for example, like me, for example, it's making a movie is your goal in film school. Like you want to make a fucking movie and then the dream is to make a movie that wins an Oscar or something. You know what I mean? Right. That's like the dream, right? That's the standard that with this now pop culture. Oh, you want an Oscar? Oh, it's a dope movie. But things change, right? We don't want to just abide by, oh, the Oscar made that movie good. Not true. There's plenty of good movies. Look, Austin Powers is a good movie and never won an Oscar. So I just put it out there, okay? But what I'm getting to is, like, um, I see it. There's just so much there that you can get done within your field that it's hard to pick, right? Because you're like, oh, shit. Like, there's so many pieces within your own industry that would just leave us into a whole other dimension if, if we let you. Uh, what about you, Walter? What's your, like, oh, man, this is the shit I, I, I signed up for. Like, this would be, like, the... Uh, well, I ended up, like, actually... <clears throat> I hated geotech. <laughs> I didn't like geotech. <laughs> like, I, I, I like, I transportation was my thing. Like, um, I was. That's the one. The 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 classes I excelled the most in. With the, what was the name of the uh, the professor? Uh, he was Chinese. Oh, uh, with the T, right? <sighs> no. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, he was very. I don't know. He he made it. He made classes fun. I love um, classes. Yeah, so like, so but yeah, I hated geotech, but then I ended up in geotech. Now I love it. It's more. It's one of the more intuitive uh, engineering uh, engineering within uh, civil engineering because you have to make an analysis, and you you do a boring about four six inches into the ground, and you're supposed to off of that you're supposed to design. You know, provide oh, boring design. Yeah, design. Okay, boring. Um, a hole in a vertical hole in the fucking ground. Um, and geotech is just fancy way of saying dirt. Um, dirt. So You're a dirt engineer. You, yeah, dirt. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. The, soil the funny yeah. thing with Walter is, I love geotech and I wanted to do geotech. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I ended up doing something else, but I remember us in, in that professor's class with geo. And Gio was on the side taking notes while I'm with the hand auger in the field class, like doing all the work. <laughs> and then Gio is doing geo geotech too. Yeah. So I love that industry, and I'm I'm glad that you guys did it. I I find it to be super fascinating. And that's so that's the thing that, that I was saying. Like um, you, 
you drill a four six inch boring into the ground depending on what what type of structure you're doing anywhere from five feet for roads down to you know i've done i've done down to 125 feet for like pipeline and stuff like that um so, and then you're you're supposed to you're supposed to design or, or provide design parameters for the structural engineer that's gonna design the foundation, you know. So it's like okay, you know, you walk two feet and two feet, and it could change, you know, whatever. It's like, you know. But anyways, I like it. Um, that's the point. But what was your dream thing you would do? Like, what's the like, fuck? Like, this is my Super Bowl. Or this is my like. Mm, I would I would say along the lines of a. Uh, uh, Amanda on the renewable side, and like and like I said, I found myself doing uh, geotech, and then I found myself working with the company that works on on wind projects, and then I left and did uh, work with the company that did mostly subdivisions, and then I left there and came back to that same company where they created like a sister company and they focus on the same thing. Like, uh, and right now I'm doing a lot of solar projects, pretty much. So you uh, want to do renewable side, energy? Yeah. That's kind of where you would go. Like that would be where I. That's I, I like it. Yeah, that's a. It's a. It's a. I mean, it's not a, a a new industry, but it is relatively new. Like in terms of of, of uh, developing, uh, not even technologies, but just procedures to test, um, parameters to build upon. Um, but the one thing that I that I, that Amanda mentioned it was. Uh, uh, materials, materials. Our imagination has far su surpassed what materials can do for us today, right? So that's like a big industry. Like they have to I remember the scene that that movie, The Core. Remember that movie, The Core, and they have a material called an obtainium. Yeah, because so, it won't melt or something like that. So <laughs> that type of ridiculous. Like somebody has to invent those materials. That'll help us make a lightsaber, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, yeah. Mikey, what about you, man? You're gonna make the lightsaber because it's electric. <laughs> yeah. Does that work that way? I think I already made one. <laughs> <laughs> Without but even trying. One of my labs. I'm pretty sure that's what we're doing. Um, no, me honestly, like, uh, I want to design and build skyscrapers. Like, that's my goal. That's my end goal. Um, like, our our company is in. Uh, construction so my dad has nine contractors licenses so i've been learning a lot about the different trades the civil aspects you know the mechanical the which is which is weird again like how things how you end up like how, how your career leads you to weird you know like mikey's electrical but he's doing a lot of civil stuff he probably knows yeah, more more a lot of he knows more yeah. about the practical civil side than i do in a lot of ways you know yeah, we do a lot, of, a lot of earthwork, also, you know, grading and um, and concrete and asphalt and all these different things. Um, so that's my that's been my goal for, like, my vision in the past couple of years. I think that's what that's kind of like. Awesome. I want to learn as much as I can about any part of construction that will get me to the point where I can I can be able I can tell you how to build a skyscraper. Like that's the biggest building that you can build, right? Yeah. It's a skyscraper. Yeah. Mikey, I'll hire you to build my first skyscraper. There, there we go. go. Look at mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. we'll pencil it. It's recorded mm -hmm. here. <laughs> all you guys get together and make a skyscraper happen. Because you would need all this involvement. You would need all you guys yep. involved, right? But let me ask you yeah. this, though. So we're moving on past, you know, what you guys do, what you, what you would get to do. I love it. I'm in. I'm understanding. I feel you guys. I think the listeners kind of know, okay, there's a lot of technical stuff. I may not understand, but I get it. I understand. 
you know, hard work. They do cool shit. That's awesome. But let me ask you this, though. When you guys got out of school, the biggest thing that people complain about is I got a degree, but I can't do shit. Mikey, yours was different because you got right into the family business. You ran right into it. You took it with both hands. And I bet you, trust me, there's plenty of people that have a family business that it's not easy, right? I know that for sure. But let me ask you this in general, though, okay? If you've come across it, Walter, Amanda, Mike, in general, when you're finishing school, most of the time people get internships or they get pulled into projects to help out to get that exposure and all that. Now, are Latinos very predominant in the engineering field? That you would feel, hey, you know what? I got I got my hands pulled by a fellow Latino to help me out. Or in my experience, for example, in film, there were a lot of Latinos working in film, but they were out for themselves. And they were very, like, territorial about, no, we can only have a couple Latinos here. We can't have a lot of you, you know, before. They, <laughs> because then <laughs> I won't be special anymore, you know? And you're so, a white and you're a white looking passing, one. So, like, <laughs> so let me ask you that like, in your experience right after school getting into the field thinking oh shit i'm bright-eyed bushy-tailed i'm ready to make something happen was there help from fellow latinos or is there even latino in our engineering i mean you guys tell me so so i can i can uh, give input on that so i would say in general the latino population in the engineering industry is low but it's changing and it's growing really fast the, the one anomaly is that, I don't know if you guys remember, but Cal Poly, when we were there, yes. had like 40-something percent Latinos in yeah. some of those engineering they, programs. Yeah, they, they, got a five, they got like a $5 million grant for being a Latino serving. Yes, <clears throat> yeah. yes. And there, we had the SHIP. Uh, there was a Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers chapter at Cal Poly. I was on the board, so I was super involved. And we were the largest chapter in the whole country other wow. than Puerto Rico. And uh, and that really was because of the Hispanic population in the program. So there was a so it was a massive, massive, um, you know, step forward for Latinos in that program. And then if you take Cal Poly graduates at that time, there was a stat that came out that said um, uh, fourteen percent of all engineers in the state of California came from Cal Poly. Wow! So if you deduce from that, there's there's a lot of Latinos maybe in California mm -hmm. that are doing engineering. Hell yeah! In California, in California, if you say you graduated in Cal Poly, it's like oh shit, that's a good yeah, that's yeah. a good school out here in Texas. I don't know what the fuck that is, but um um, but yeah, it's like but I just to kind of put it in perspective, um. Here at this company, when I when I barely got hired like about five years ago, uh, before I left and came back, one of the other engineers that was here, he's like, "Oh, where where did you go to school?" Um, oh, I went to UCLA and he studied engineering. Oh, wow, fancy, right? Um, and then he asked me, "Where'd you go?" Oh, Cal Cal State Polytechnic. Oh, is that like ITT Tech? No, mother, <laughs> it's nearby. It's nearby. <laughs> But no, motherfucker, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it, it was rated, it's rated one of the best engineering yeah. public schools in the nation. For sure. And yeah. I will say this, though. I will say this, though. I asked the guy, like, okay, how were your courses? Did you make cylinders? Was it hands-on, pretty much? And he's like, oh, no, it was all, it was all books. All so you, yeah. yeah. It's like, did you ever do this, 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 this? this? No, Cal Poly literally made you put hands your on. hands on everything, like. So I, I enjoyed that about Cal Poly. Um, so is it more yeah, so than in your experience? Was it not necessarily that there was a, a... So I guess let me let me double back. So Walter, then, 
is it more a fact uh, in, between engineers, not necessarily a race thing, or it's more of a of a of a of an of a, of a oh, what's what I'm looking for? So what I'm looking for? Not educational, more of like, hey, you're from this school, so I can't talk to you. Like, oh, I'm not gonna help you because you're not from this alma mater. No. Like, is that what it's more no, about? No. no. No, people love Cal Poly graduates. Yeah, the industry yeah. loves Cal Poly graduates. Yeah, but it's not like I mean, if you meet a, another fellow engineer, it's like it, it's already cool. Like, <laughs> like uh, in 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 construction management, like are a lot of people. Okay, so we work a lot for LA Unified School District, and um, our counterparts, which are other project engineers, a lot of those people are from Cal Poly. Um, I don't know how many Latinos there are, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of it. So it's always cool to meet like fellow younger Latino mm -hmm. engineers. And that's I wanted to, and the the one thing I will say about Cal Poly Pomona is that one, um, since there were so many Latinos, um, and even I mean there weren't a lot of Latinas, but there was you know there was like you had your own clique, Amanda. Don't act like you didn't, you know. Like, oh, I did. I did. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I still do. Uh, They're all my friends. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But all you need, all you need is three kid. for a clique. With pretty much the only girls in the whole program. I mean, yeah. there were a few. Pero, yeah, but what I'm trying to get at is that in Cal Poly, what I liked about it that I appreciate now is that there were so many, it felt like there was a lot of Latinos there, you know, like I didn't yeah. feel, I didn't feel out of place. I didn't, I felt very welcomed because there was otra bola de chilangos y guatemaltecos y Honduras. You know, there was a little bit of everything there, you know, yeah. um, which also gave, gave, or at least me gave me like a false sense of security once I stepped out and it's like what the fuck like it's just yep. you go to interviews and interview with the big white guy and then you're you talk to him and I had okay football I don't fucking follow football bro like right. we were yeah, kind like, of sheltered there we we did yeah, have a false sense yeah, of security because yeah. once we left mm -hmm. you're right it's not the same it's Hell not the no. same and end of the day there needs to be more there needs to be more Hispanic engineers yeah. Yeah. and more females. At least for electrical, when I was in school, um, I a lot of classes I was like the, one of the only or like one of two Latino uh, in in electrical engineering. But my little brother's studying, younger brother studying electrical engineering right now at Cal Poly, and he said that there's a lot of Latinos. So, yeah. so the industries we're we're growing like we're growing inside that industry, right? Latinos are growing in there. So you never really felt any static pushback from Latinos in the industry already established. Not just not 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 necessarily engineers, but yes. Ooh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of times when there's um, resistance from our from my counterparts, they a lot of times they happen to be Latino, which sucks. And um, do you, hey Mike, do you see it more than I, I imagine that I that than at least I have because like you're you you own the you and your parents run the company, you are the face of the company, right? Like I've gone to pre-con meetings. For, uh, for city projects and whatever. And yeah, it's a bunch of, you know, old white guys and, you know, yeah. and they're like, Walter, especially with fucking, I have the most, I have the most Anglo-Saxon <laughs> name in the fucking world, man. That's why I say Walter. Um, <laughs> but they'll be like, Walter. And then they, oh, what? Isn't it supposed to be Jose? <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I find myself in a lot of cases being the only Latino, like in pre-con meeting. Maybe yeah. it's because it's Texas, but I don't know. 
No, yeah, definitely. For for me, not only the the only Latino, but the youngest person also in the room. Um, very often, yeah. it's older white people that we're dealing with, you know, which no yeah. offense to them. Do you guys yeah, think so that, that it's it's uh, I guess a stigma that's slowly dripping away then, because that was my experience over God knows I graduated high school in two thousand and two, right? So I was two thousand three. I was in film school. I moved, I left film school in 2006, so I mean, I'm way, you know, I'm older, but <laughs> what I'm getting to is at that time, it was very much like Latinos thought there wasn't enough room for every Latino. There wasn't enough mm. attention for you. Yeah, like, it was yeah. very, like, closed off, very to themselves, and they wouldn't help each other, you know? Right. Do you think that's changed now? Uh, I see it slowly changing, uh, but I also think that that's what we're here for, and that's our job is to yeah. pave that way and to make those changes when if we notice them don't be that person um help each other out you know because we 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 know and we see like, like when someone's being difficult with you and you you can't help but to equate it to like race like dude you we're of the same race and mm-hmm. i know that this happens so often that like the white people treat me a lot better than the, my fellow yeah, latino yeah. 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 You, you know the industry you work in plays a big role right because construction's cutthroat i mean it's very competitive so yeah. i think that plays a role but it's not to say that that's not an issue in other industries you know i definitely see sure a little bit of that yeah yeah I'm sure it is definitely i think it's a global thing probably yeah unfortunately yeah. i mean it also has to do with like uh cultural cultural like <clears throat> like I remember when I I just graduated from Cal Poly Pomona, I went to this, uh, I went to a bunch of interviews from estimator to Gato Cat to a bunch of fucking different thing within engineering, and every time it was like I was interviewing with the white guy, and you know I would interview with them, and you know you're qualified, you know, but like I I didn't have that cultural thing, you know, like they would, yeah, like they would end up talking about you know white people stuff you know which to me it was football and golf i don't, yeah. I don't follow football i don't follow golf but like obviously it, it, and it's not they're, they're not doing it uh they're not being racist but it's kind of implicit you know like obviously they share the same culture so their interview goes from serious to laughter immediately and uh, my interview was like uh-huh and then okay see you later um so then it's like no gotcha moment you know that they'll remember me and want to hire me so that's one thing i i did notice a lot growing up i mean kind of you know through my career um and then i ended up interviewing for the san gabriel water district or something like that and the guy that interviewed era latino he played guitar like me at the at the time i don't play guitar anymore i did get back into it but um he played guitar and everything and he we clicked man like me and him were like what's up man like like he liked me a lot pretty much and he told me hey man the, the i like you you have a good energy blah 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 he's a latino latino i didn't get it uh because a, a white guy ended up making the decision and oh. he went with the asian guy but i don't want to make it a race thing but it does kind of show Feels that it matters it matters or it does. no not, not or that does. it's a race thing but it, it matters um, and, and it's so important now that if I'm sure that all three of us here have found ourselves in put in a position where we're hiring people and the fact that they see a friendly face, you know, that, you know, that feels good. And, and culture affects opportunity mm-hmm. and professional growth. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. 
when I was at my last company, my the whole management team was basically a lacrosse team. There are a lot of the same, <laughs> okay, the, a lot of the same guys who thought. I don't the even same know way. what that is. What, is that the one where they throw the yep, stick with one net? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that, that's Quidditch. Uh, that's a Harry Potter yeah. thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so, un colador, un colador, like this. You know, basically, you know. and so so there were a lot of. Um, they thought the same way, had a lot of uh, the same socioeconomic backgrounds and upbringings. Um, so that's all great. But when, you know, some of management would go hang out on, you know, a, a weeknight or a happy hour, let's say they'll hang out on the weekends and they do things that they culturally like to do more. We, you know, minorities are not, are left um, from that, you know, they're not sitting in that table because maybe it's not intentional, but if you're doing things that only people of your circle mm -hmm. like to do, then you're leaving a lot of people out of that conversation. And what happens when two coworkers are hanging out with management at the golf course on oh, every yeah. Saturday and they're talking about business and they're talking about this, like that creates a path for, for advancement that Maybe a minority or another employee. So learn, learn, learn how to play golf, people. That's what they do. Learn yeah. how to play golf, Basically. right? But that's where the that's where those cultural um, factors. Those are yeah. important because no, you get left out of a conversation. Or maybe they need to start learning how to make micheladas and have money. Exactly. Oh my exactly. god! Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you story. I'm telling you story. I, I was, when I first moved out here, I had a little bit of a culture shock in Texas, going out in the field. No way. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that white people worked like in the under the sun, you know. Because in California, it's puro Latino, you know, chando verga y todo eso. Not that white people don't work, right? But it's a different type of uh, white people in Cali, you know. Um, and then out here, I saw these like professor-looking white men, you know. Because even that psychology fucks with your head, right? I see them as professors, you know. Just because they're wearing glasses, <laughs> yes. and and it's like and it's and it's this fucking redneck, and I'm I don't have the the nicest teeth, but uh, it was this redneck with the fucked up teeth, drinking Dr Pepper, chewing tobacco, uh, or spit, whatever they call it. Um, and that fool had never tried a michelada. We I made him a michelada. Motherfucker fell in love with michelada. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But anyway, yeah. it's about bridging that gap for sure. Bringing yeah, them on our side. Gap, yeah. yeah, it's our responsibility too, you know, to like maybe present some of these little things to them. Which is which is which is weird too. Because I mean, I don't know, Amanda. Because I I think you did one time we had a conversation and you did tend to sometimes go out in the middle of fucking nowhere, right? Um, yeah. for projects. Yeah. Um, and I found myself with Giovanni. I found myself doing that a lot. And like the the racism is there, it's pretty apparent, you know, pretty there. But there's so I mean, this is pre-Trump, you know, yep. which is kind of like the, the sentiment that people ignored that was still there and assumed that we're not racist anymore, right? But the racism is there. But I I went to projects out in the middle of nowhere and ranch where you know these people that were obviously racist or had certain notions about me. It's like, hey, you want to go have some deer steak in my house? You know, like, you know, like it's, I don't know, it's a weird thing, you know, like it's a weird thing. So Yeah, no, I, I experienced that because I would have projects in central and southern Illinois and I'd be out there by myself meeting with landowners and it was, it was, it was weird. It was strange. I always wondered how I was being perceived. Like I, I look pretty white, you know, but they also know I'm not white. So 
I, I wasn't sure how I would be perceived, if I would be discriminated. I mean, in general, I, people were treating me very well. Um, but I think it comes down to a lot of it is, is ignorance because in, in certain areas, there's just not a lot of Latinos. So it mm-hmm. comes down to ignorance and not knowing what, what um, you know, who Latinos are and what they represent. No, the because I, I had a lot of instances like those two where where and you can ask Giovanni about it. Um, <clears throat> like we would go out in the field and like on really large on really large wind projects. There's about on some of them are like up to two hundred wind turbines plus additional road borings. I think this whole they're huge, right? And sometimes they would put up to three or four drill rigs and each drill rig has a driller a helper and the logger which is one of mm-hmm. us and in some instances at the at the time um at one project we had um like about f- four rigs and it was me giovanni the like a little clique that got together and would go out and eat and stuff and it was with me giovanni and two belizeans do belizeanos um and one of them looked black and the other one looked latino but they're father and son um shout out to blue hole drilling they started their company recently so they're pretty <laughs> good um no yeah that's about you know uh, help each other out it is about um, helping out you know like I think yeah, we always and, try to do, do it in the show but, you know? representation yeah, and then yeah and then we would go out to bars we would go out to restaurants we would go everywhere we would go they would immediately they would immediately direct his attention their attention to the white guy because it was this guy named jeff from corpus christi that hung out with us and they always d- directed their attentions to him he was the one that made it like literally we would be sitting at the table like that sort of like like feeling when when in fact i was the one in charge you know like um, but yeah it's a lot a lot of that and, yeah. and i worked in I lived in Dallas for a summer. I think you knew that, but yeah, yeah. I, I lived in Dallas for a summer, and I was interning for this like m- multinational company. And you know, I was in a small town. I was like in McKinney, Texas. And McKinney, one of my McKinney, first McKinney. few days there, I, I met an older white man, and he came up to me really nice. He's like, "Hey, nice to meet you." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Are you Hispanic by any chance?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah. Why?" He goes, "Oh, because um, you know." I met this Peruvian guy and he's so funny. Are you funny too? And, and I'm like, no, wait I'm a not. minute. I was like, wait a minute, that's a completely different continent. Like, what? I'm not even. I love how, how you're like. I love how you just went from. Wait a minute, that's a whole different continent. It's not even like what is that supposed to be? You straight went. Yeah, to- like I don't, I don't understand how you're relating me to. So because women are not funny. Why is it? Why is it about a sense of humor? Like I don't understand. Uh-huh. Well, remember, I, it, so all, it was just like ignorance. I don't think that was it's ignorance was because it's it's all what America knows is Paul Rodriguez, the Bumblebee guy from The Simpsons, and Freddie Prince. You know what I mean? That's it. Like that. That's all. And Don Francisco, maybe. So it's all comedic. It's all funny. You know, they don't know anything yeah. else. So I, no, one time, one time, one time, I had this really. Dr- I was at a bar in Sock Center, Minnesota, um, like about two hours away from the Canadian border, um, and I was at a bar chilling with my friend Jeff. Um, blue-eyed, blue-eyed, you know, devil. he would he would have, yeah, not a <laughs> devil. He's a, he's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful guy, but he would have fit perfectly in the Hitler youth. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, blue-eyed, you know, that's how that, that was perfection, right? Handsome. Um, 
but uh but no he uh we were there at the bar and i was probably one or two of the latinos there and this drunk white guy comes up to me and he's like hey where's miguel i was like miguel he's like well what miguel it's like miguel where's miguel and i was like i don't know what you're talking about i don't know who miguel is man it's like no it's because miguel and he he's like, I was like, I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, because like there, he's in my crew. He thought I worked for him because like I, I was brown and I was there. He thought he thought right. I worked with him cutting grass. So oh, a lot of that stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember you guys. Uh, you and Gio told us a lot of stories that happened yeah that were like wow. Yeah, I had a lady. I had a lady outright ask me if I had papers. Like wow. you have papers. Yo me el pendejo, little papers. What do you mean papers? Like you have papers, like papers, papers. It's like you mean money, like you know. And, <laughs> I got that. and then and and no, wait, wait, wait. It gets better. She's like, oh my god, your English is so good. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. No, I think yeah. it's like it's like. But at what point do we look at it as like okay, it's twenty twenty what twenty two twenty three? Are we like okay at this point you don't have any excuses anymore? Like we talked about earlier. But during the voting I will say this. You know, I, mean, there, I, I will say this. I, I made I made I made assumptions about them that they're white trash and redneck. So I don't know. Maybe we're on the same. <laughs> Mikey, what were we gonna say? Um, no, I mean, eventually it's gonna be like, hey, we, you know, we, we had this conversation. Uh, <laughs> you know, this last president. Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't get the memo that yeah. this shit don't fly anymore. They don't bro. fly anymore, man. Yeah. You know, but. I, you know, think we're going to wrap up here and kind of kind of wind down here to the end. But, you know, one thing we always do and we want to, first of all, appreciate you guys for coming on board. You know, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. You know, I think that you can't just lump in somebody's name into a title and go, oh, you're engineers. They're just guys that make up there, make tons of money, and they're just smarter than us, and they just sit there and figure it. And they just they just got it all figured out. One day I'll make tons of money, but I'm working. <laughs> but, I'm working my way there. But there's more there. to it. There's there's layers. There's there's just like those boreholes yeah. you make, whatever. There's layers. There's a lot of depth into that. There's a lot to it, you know. And as Latinos in that industry, I'm glad that you're there because, like Mikey said, it's your guys' responsibility now. To bring in and usher in the younger crowds, pulling them Don't up. Don't be a gate gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I I love that. You know, we I, I I lean more towards artistic and creative and all that. But even engineering, like you said, Amanda, there is a lot of creativity art. and yeah. a lot of art form to what you do because there there takes a lot to understand a painting, but also to understand schematics. You know, to understand what it takes to make this skyscraper that Mikey wants to build. There's a lot to it. You know, so. We can't just brush you off as, oh, it's a thing in the corner that nobody knows about. No, it's a lot to it. So thank you guys for sharing your story with me and our audience here. Uh, we want to give you a little space, though, before we go. We would like to ask all our guests, you know, what's one thing you want to tell everybody out there that may be considering becoming an engineer? What's one, one you know, good little sentence or two that you can give them of motivation or, hey, watch out or don't do it? You know, like, what's one thing you can give? that you know future engineer listening to the show let's start with uh, amanda put me on the spot here um i i think the most important thing is i want everyone especially latino youth to know that this is accessible that it's it's not so far reaching for for anybody that you can do it if this is something you want to do but expose yourself to what's out there and don't stop just keep going even after your engineering degree just shoot for the next goal. It's definitely yeah. attainable. 
Mikey, what about you, man? Um, I just want to say that don't don't think that engineering is about being smart, quote unquote. It's not about being smart. It's about putting your effort to to it. It's not about being good at math or good at science or good at this or good at that. If it's something that you want to do, you just have to work at it. You know, I, I wouldn't consider myself a quote unquote smart person, but I did what I had to do to get through it, and uh, you can do it too. And if you ever, if anybody needs any help or advice, uh, maybe you guys yes. podcast. You guys can share our um, our Instagram handles and feel free to message us and ask us any questions about you know your path and and maybe some advice because sometimes we don't have that uh, guidance. You know, um, yeah. well, I never awesome. went here when I was in school when I was you know when I started college and I wish I did. But you know, I managed to get through it, and and I think I can give some people some pretty good advice when it comes. You know, that's to- a very, very, very touching point. There, you know, things have changed from when I was done with school, or even when we all graduated school. Everybody left school. You know, social media is literally an arm's length away, a button to press away from just asking. Hey, man, I'm a so and so in Cali. You heard you're an engineer. What good advice can you give me? Or hey, do you know someone that? You never know, right? It is about who you know nowadays, and if someone can legitimately help, even if just advice, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely want to do it. Yeah, we'll we'll share your Instagrams if you're comfortable giving that out. Um, uh, we can we can do that. Uh, if you want to go ahead and share it, Mike, what's your? Uh, you said you use Instagram. You don't use Twitter, but Instagram's your best way. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Mike dot O H Mike O like Michael. Oh, there you go. M I K E dot O H. Man, did you feel comfortable sharing your socials? Yeah, absolutely. It's just my first and last name, so Amanda underscore for Nelly, F-O-R-N-E-L-L-I. Happy is that to help Italian? You. Is that Italian? Yeah, it is Italian. I, that's my um, my husband's oh. name. She sounds yeah, so my, ashamed of it. Like, which, my, which, no, no, by I the just, way. Yeah. No, I, I, I love, I love <laughs> China, my Hispanic culture. So people always <laughs> forget that when they see my last name. My maiden, my maiden name was Bustos. So. Bustos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Walter, what's one thing you, you always talk about, like I said, subtly, but yeah. That you're an engineer, but what's one thing someone listening to this goes, you know what? I want to be an engineer. I'm interested. What's the ch- great chikume have to tell someone? I will say this, and this is a I never forgot this kid, and uh, this this kid, I was like on my second year or something in Cal Poly, um, and I was in one of the hallways in front of Drago's office. Cause my, uh, I didn't remember supervisor. What is it? Uh, your mentor, whatever. What do they call it? The okay. professor that they assigned to you? No. Uh, advisor. <clears throat> advisor. Yeah. Uh, your my advisor was Kitch, and he's military guy. I would avoid him like fire. I would go to Dragos. Motherfucker just signed any, anything you gave him. Um, uh, <clears throat> very hands off teacher, but. That's also good in in a way, you know. Uh, but I remember this kid; he was barely starting, and he told me like, "Hey, man!" Like, blah, blah, blah. and then this motherfucker was trying to do a double major in architecture and civil engineering. <clears throat> and I was like, I mean, one 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 unto itself is hard enough, you know. Yeah. But this motherfucker is trying to do architecture and civil engineering. So what I'm trying to get at is a certain level of naivete as they say i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right is good you know like jumping into things without knowing the whole scope is good because in a lot of ways if you know like there's projects that i've done that if i knew what i know now about that project 
I wouldn't have taken that project up or I would have charged a hell of a lot more in today's <laughs> more adult context, right? But that's one thing I will say that it, a little bit of ignorance, you know, helps out, especially in a young mind. You fucking figure it out, you know, however you do shit. I don't remember half the, the, the equations and don't ask me any of that. It's in the fucking past. Like to me, now that shit looks like hieroglyphs to me. But <laughs> at the time, at the time, puta madre, like I could just, you know, me las inventaba en el aire. So that's what I'm kind of putting out there. Like if you want to do it, just fucking do it. You know, Davientate, ask a few questions, but don't lose that energy, you know? No, yeah. well, uh, I appreciate everyone listening, listening, of course, to go ahead and follow them online. We'll put the their socials on our, our posts here. And guys, remember, this show is a weekly show or bi-weekly, depending on when we can get together uh, to make this happen. But My Primo's Podcast, you can find us on all the socials at My Primo's Podcast, on any of your podcast services. Uh, I believe we even hit um, Google Music, Stitcher, uh, Radio.com. So we're on a lot of the stuff now, so go check it out if you haven't already. Y la que buena. No, I wish. No, no, no. I wish. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you can, I can hear K Rock here now in Texas because of the app. So, oh, yeah? you know, oh, yeah. yeah. So it is what it is. But thank you again, Mikey, for visiting with us. Amanda, pleasure. I hope you can come back and talk about yeah. the other businesses you do. Uh, and then, Mikey, of course, you're digging into your other facets as well. I know you're doing barbecue talk, which Walter's into cooking. Oh, and stuff, yeah. So that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. But thank you guys. There you go, man. You guys can go at it about. Okay, because Walter has this whole thing about. He wants to do ASMR. That's what he wants to do. Like he wants to buy barbecue ASMR and just no, cutting no. into meat, chewing meat. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> if you're into it, Walter's <laughs> trying to make it happen. So you, you and you and Chikum and Mikey can make something happen there. Okay, Amanda, okay. I, I'd love to have you back on the show. Hopefully, you know, you on your own, we can have drop in depth talk about everything. So I, I, I love chatting. Yeah, and then and shout out to DJ DJ. Who's a DJ slash anthropologist or what the like the fuck like how do you get that combination? But yeah, yeah, kind of kind of strange. I have a, an archaeologist slash DJing husband, so yeah, hopefully <laughs> yeah. you guys can hear nice. from him soon. Yeah, no, no, yeah. definitely. Yeah, we got to figure that part out. I think he was we were trying to make him part of the show, but just. We just didn't have the capabilities. Yeah, we're not there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, guys, well, thanks again for listening. As always, guys, take care of each other. Adios. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.